So if you're interested in learning what it takes to be successful in real estate long-term, the story behind the story, you're going to love this upcoming episode. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. And I think I'm I think I'm starting every one of these podcasts the same way. But you know what? Consistency, you know, is, is a good thing. I just got off an interview recording a podcast episode with Chris Shabib. And Chris, you're doing a wonderful job out there, my friend. He hosts a podcast called The Hidden Upside, where he he dives deep. He goes deep into the story behind the story for real estate investors. And I was very honored to be able to be share some of my insights and share some of my 20 plus years of uh, experience in this game of real estate investing. And I think you're going to thoroughly love this episode. I had an incredible blast with Chris recording some incredible content. And as the uh, title of the episode states, is we went deep. We went deep into the story behind the story. So gang, a um, couple key concepts to- talked into here. So I, here's the thing. I told a few stories that you may have heard if you've been following along on the podcast. And there's a few stories that you probably haven't heard. You know, each time I share a story, I go, you know, a different direction. I go deeper if need be. I, you know, take the context and the cues for the intention of the episode, intention of the podcast as well. And so I tell stories sometimes from different angles, just it see how they land. Like, you know, for example, if you've if you've been following along and listening on all my podcasts, you know, sometimes I'm I'm coming gangbusters and I'm going 7,000 miles an hour and I'm going full fire and brimstone and I'm going to guns blazing, right? We're just going and I'm just cranking away. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to just slow it down, right? Have the conversation, you know, deepen the insight, go into the core intention. So every type, every time I do a recording, I get really, first of all, I get into my heart space, right? You know, we, we talk about our head space and our heart space and a um, good friend of our, to the podcast as well, Phil McKernan also coined a soul space. So I, I'd say heart and soul space is where I went into with this conversation with Chris. You know, we talked about uh, a lot of the, what it takes to succeed long-term, talked about, and and sometimes I, I share with um how I mainly share is just all the mistakes I've made. So it's, it's honestly, you know, and I joke, I often joke many times is sometimes you're, you know, you're put here as a warning to others of what not to do. And, and let's put it this way. I have made all the mistakes. Gang, I have made all the mistakes so you don't have to make them is really what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm here to share with you a lot of the mistakes I've made. I'm here to share with you um, some of the challenging situations. So you don't have to experience them yourself. That is one of my intentions by going deep into these stories and sharing this with you. I'm not <clears throat> one of those people that sit there and just, well, pontificate and go, you should not do this. Don't do this. Should not do this. And, you know, I don't should all over you, if you will. The reason why I can tell you a lot of these stories of something that you should not do is because I've done it myself. And I'm looking myself in a camera here in a mirror and it's, you know, I've 100% made these mistakes and that's how I can 
share with you the depth of the learning, the depth of the lesson. You know, in this one, we talk a lot about, um, you know, a little bit of the backstory. You've heard some of the stories, but I share one I haven't really shared too often on my podcast. So you're going to like that. We talk an awful lot about, um, you know, I shared a concept called the professor syndrome in here. And you're going to love that, especially if you're new in the concept of or new in the process of real estate investor investing. I shared an, oh, hello, Scooby. Did you want to say hello? Oh, Scooby wants out here, so just give me one second. Now that we have uh, taken care of Scooby, he's out. He's outside the door here. You know, I have one of those wonderful puppy dogs that always wants on the other side of a closed door for some reason. And my little my little buddy's starting to slow down. He's you know, I'm sitting here looking him out the window here. He's losing a step. He's uh, you know, my little buddy's getting a little bit older. He's uh, whenever I want to go out on my walk in the mornings, and you know, I usually go at least once, maybe even twice a day for for walks. Scooby's he is always willing. He is always willing to start on the walk. Till he gets outside and he sniffs around and pees on everything and does his business and all that kind of stuff. And then about four or five houses down, he's laying on the brakes, right? So, and it's, it is, I'm recording this in the middle of winter, so it is a little bit colder out there. So I don't blame him myself. So Scoobs, got to get your step back. Maybe when we get out to the off-leash park again in the spring, you'll want to do this a little bit more. All right, gang, so you've heard about my dog. You've heard about all this kind of insight, and, and that's really what I want to get into is we go deep. We go deep into a lot of the key concepts of what it takes to be successful in real estate. We talked an awful lot about coaching, right? Chris is a, is a wonderful coach himself. We talked an awful lot about, you know, when to lean on your coaches, when not to lean on your coaches. We talked an awful lot about momentum. We talked an awful lot about, you know, what's going on in the marketplace, you know, when to back away, when to... St- put your foot down on the accelerator, all kind of things that you need to hear as real estate investors. Now, here's the thing. This medium of podcast, and really YouTube wasn't really around when I got, um, and it was getting started, but I hadn't really dove into it that much. But these podcasts were not never around when I got started. And I would have loved to have heard these stories when I got first got going. I would have just loved being able to connect with people that are 20 years down the road with me. I would have just loved the opportunity to learn from people that have made some of these mistakes in the past and they're willing to share it with you, right? There's always, you know, I, I, I shared this the other day with, with, the, with the, the family here is sometimes in every situation, there's, and I first said there's always two sides to the coin. No matter how thin you slice it, there's always two sides. But, you know, if you think about it, and I corrected myself when I was talking to him, you know, in many cases, there's actually three sides to the story. There's your side, there's their side, and then probably there's somewhere in between there's the truth. So no matter how thin it's sliced, there's always multiple sides to every story. And that's one of the things I wanted to share with you here is I also wanted to share with you the key learnings, the key struggles, the key challenges the key, you know, frustrations, the things that just didn't go well. But here's the point. Taking ownership, making, fixing up the messes, diving deep, and building the skill set of resiliency is one of the most important things, that mental toughness. Building that mental toughness gene um, skill set is one of the most important. We talk an awful lot about building skill sets and stuff. It was just, you know, thoroughly blown away. It was a wonderful conversation is the best way I could describe it. Okay, game. with all that being said, we'll just get right after it. Please help me welcome Chris Shabib. All right, Russell, thank you very much for joining. 
Hey, Chris, how are you, my friend? Uh, you know, good to, good to see you. We've been, you know, catching up on through um, social media and through some emails and some stuff back and forth and, you know, a couple uh, trying to get this together. And we finally made it happen. It's I'm, I'm happy to see your face, my friend. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And uh, yeah, I mean, my first time um, kind of crossing paths with you, I was in the audience, so you may not remember that. But um, yeah, it was at a rain uh, event. Um, and you it was, a, I think it was a two day one of the acre ones. Um, yeah, and you were a big part of that. So that was, uh, you know, when we first crossed paths many years ago now, actually. Um, so yeah, it's kind of funny how those things work. Where I might uh, I might remember that much better than you do, but um, nonetheless, that was our first interaction. So, I mean, if you would, um, you know, with that said, how many years before that, like where where was the uh, the investing business journey uh, inception point for you? Well, well, first of all, um, th- thank you, thank you for the invitation here today, and I wanna I wanna deliver with high value as well. And uh, before we do get into it, I just wanted to acknowledge you, Chris. You're, you know, you're you've putting out a wonderful, high quality product. I've been diving into a lot of your your episodes of of late, and you got some amazing guests. And and I, just kudos to you for for what I call telling the story behind the story. Like everybody sees the surface story. Everybody hears about the winds. Everybody hears about all those, you know, the sunshine and roses and butterfly farts and all those kind of things. And everybody hears about that, but you, you go deep. And and I just wanted to just acknowledge that. And I wanted to congratulate you on that. And I wish you all the best on the momentum I'm carrying this forward. Right. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, now, now I probably forgot the question. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I, in, in true Canadian fashion, it's the, the hardest question to answer sometime for a Canadian. Is, so tell me about yourself. And it's just like we, defle- right. we deflect it and it's like we're Canadian. It's like, no, you go first. You go first. No, you yeah. go first. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I insist you go first. Yeah. So, so obviously I didn't do anything to offend you all those many, many hair follicles ago when we probably first met. <laughs> <laughs> on both of us and and guys if you're watching or if you're listening to this i encourage you to check out the the video as well make sure you get onto the youtubes and stuff like that but you may have to there might be a little glare because chris and i are both follically challenged a little bit here. so we both had yeah. we both had full head of hair when we started this game of real estate <laughs> some of the price paid right is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we got to be willing to pay the price, and I guess losing a few hair follicles is is one hundred percent. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna provide some 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 really good value for your for your your listeners here today, and I'm gonna share a story that maybe I've only shared it one or two times, but um, I think your audience uh, can go a little deeper, and I want to share a real fun story with you with your audience, and it's kind of a, a moment when I decided that a profession and a passion I was I lo- I wanted to have and something that I wanted to do I decided to pivot and change a direction and it, mm-hmm. and it goes back to high school and I remember in high school like it was yesterday I I wanted to you know one of my favorite classes in high school was phys ed um, I was a jock, you know, athlete of the year, you know, it, it, unfortunately I've fallen a long way since athlete of the year, but, uh, you know, we're trying to get it back. So I was in phys ed class and our gym teacher came up and, you know, Mr. D, a real life Mr. D, he came really, up, well. yep, real life. Uh, he came up and he said, so Russ, what do you want to do with all of this after? He goes, you know what? I'm going to be a teacher. And I go, mm. yeah. And he goes, you know what? He goes, it's good for you. That's awesome. Teaching is a, is a very, uh, a noble um, work. It's very noble work. But I, do me a favor, Russell. When you when you come to school tomorrow, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to walk through the students' parking lot, and I want you to walk through the teachers' parking lot, and come back and tell me what you see. 
And I'm going, well, what are you talking about, Mr. D? So the next day I go back out and I go through the student's parking lot and I go through the teacher's parking lot and I still didn't understand what he was trying to get to. So I went into there. He's going, so what did you see in the parking lots? And I go, I have no idea what you're talking about, Mr. D. And he goes, he goes, well, tell me what you saw. And I go, well, you know, I saw this, this, and this. And I go, well, you know, maybe, I, I think, honestly, the big takeaway I had was it looked like the students were driving better cars than the teachers. And he nice. goes, he goes, bingo. And he goes, he goes, I'm a, he goes, I'm a teacher. And he goes, I love my profession, but just understand that teaching doesn't have to be a profession to earn income. It can be, a, it's a lifestyle. It has to be a passion first, right? Because you're not right. going to make a lot of money doing that. And I, and I took that to heart at that time. And, you know, being young and, you know, growing up in small town Saskatchewan and growing up in a mobile home park and we didn't have a lot of money at that time, you know, money was a big deal at that time. We want, I wanted to make some money. So I went the route of, you know, through university and business school and, and, and really at that time in small town Saskatchewan, I had only two options. I really did. My two options were go to university, leave, you know, and leave the province or work at the potash mine, which are the only two real options in that town. And I remember when I went out to go see, we took a tour of the potash mine in high school as well. And the working conditions were just horrible. I like, I, I just, I went there and I just go, I can't do this. I'm just not built to do this. I couldn't see myself doing this for 40, 50 years. And that yeah. night at the dinner table with, you know, sitting around with mom and dad and I looked dad in the eye and I said, dad, you know, I just love you. I love you and thank you for everything you've done. And I'm going to tell you, this is no slight against you because I'm grateful for the living and the choices and the opportunities you've given me and my sister, but I can't work there. I just can't do it. I just, and he, and he looked at me and he said, oh, thank goodness. Please don't get out of town. <laughs> like leave. I, I don't want you to go get your education, go to school, get, you know. And then, so I had the, had, had that moment in grade 12 that I took a look at my marks and they weren't high enough. So I had to double down on, I had to retake a whole bunch of courses again. I retook a whole bunch because I wanted to get into the College of Commerce. And I took, I think in my grade 12 year, I took something like 14 classes to just get some marks up. And I ended up graduating, went from like 80s to, I went to like, I think I'd like a 95 or something on average, just so I could get into the College of Commerce. Because I knew once I got into the College of Commerce at the University of Saskatchewan, I'd be just having so much fun and I'd be partying so much that I probably wouldn't be able to transfer in after the fact. So, <laughs> so that's kind of a, and then when I look back upon it now, as I go back upon this now, it was kind of one of those um, rich dad, poor dad moments, if you really think about it, is... Um, one one conversation was, you know, get a job and go to school. The other conversation was, you know, go do something different, get into a different thing, you know, buy own businesses, all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of an early transition for me of seeing something a little bit different. And then there was a whole bunch of different transitions going forward from there. But I just want to offer a little story for maybe your listeners that I haven't shared before. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot in there too, right? Like, um, the, the conversation obviously with your teacher, um, and, and that observation, but then, you know, part of what I love in there is, is just the idea that, you know, you wanted to be a teacher, but there's, there's different ways to define that, yep. right? Like you do a lot of teaching today, for example. I, I, I was just about to say I'm 100%. I spend yeah. probably six, 70% of my time in teaching mode. I really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, I had a very similar, uh, experience actually with, with that, 
that, hey, I'm I'm approaching the end and, and I did it a little bit differently, but a very similar experience in that, you know, it was like, do I follow in these footsteps or do I just take a different path altogether? Um, and, and you know, I, I felt a lot of the same things, uh, interestingly. Now, I didn't double down in high school uh, so that I could get into, I went and formed my own business right away, oh. but I later went back to university. So not too dissimilar, but that's, that's a powerful moment yeah. in itself, right? Especially at that age yeah. to kind of say, you know, I could take this path that's known um, for it's good and bad. It's known, yep. but you know, let me venture down this other path that, that is, I think better suited for me, which yep. is, that's pretty powerful. Well, and then, and then when I was in, in university and, and don't get me wrong, I, I partied my face mm. off. I was so gifted as a university student that I turned a four-year program into a five-year degree. That's how gifted <laughs> I was, right? <laughs> um, but, and I had no idea what I was going to do once I did graduate and I was going to graduate and honest to goodness, I think I graduated with like a 53 average or something, but nobody has ever asked for a transcript when I went to to apply for a mortgage. Nobody's ever asked for any of my marks. I do have my, I do, I don't even know where my piece of paper is for my degree. But the message I was about to say is I did have a, 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 one of my counselors in, when I was going into fourth year, he had a mandatory counseling session to go in and he asked the question, so what do you want to do once you graduate from the University of Saskatchewan College of Commerce? You know, be calm, be cool, if you will. Um, And and I said, I have no idea, to be honest. He goes, well, what do you like? I go, yeah, I just, I like, I'm having fun, right? And I'm just having lots of fun. He goes, he goes well, here's the best advice I would give you <clears throat> is um, learn a skill set. And the skill set I would encourage you to get into. And you, most companies um, will hire people on a sales role. They'll, they'll get you in on sales to start with. And then once you get in on the sales role and prove that you can sell, um, they'll then transfer into marketing or finance or human resources or whatever because you have your degree and all those things. And uh, he said, but I encourage you to learn the skill of selling and you will have the world to be your oyster if you actually can get that skill set. Number one is you can get into these companies to start with on the ground floor, work your way up very quickly. And then that's what I did. I got in on the ground floor with some pr- uh, packaged food companies um, craft foods, you know, craft dinner, peanut butter, you know, all that kind of stuff. That was the first thing. And I was on a road. I was on the territory. I was in small town Saskatchewan. I was in Yorkton. I was in Winnipeg. I was in Calgary. I was in Vancouver. I, I, I moved up quite quickly because I was young and single. And also I could, I, I learned, I was a sponge for the skill. So mm-hmm. if anybody of you is out there, if you're, you're just struggling and not sure what kind of path to go. The advice I would give you is um, go with the path of learning a skill set that will help you. And sales, marketing, and communication would be a top three in my book. If you can learn how to articulate and share a message, be on video, podcasting, mm-hmm. if you can learn how to market, write, write copy that helps tran- you know, tr- transact uh, commerce, and then also be able to sell. If you learn those three skills, honestly, the world to be your oyster to go whatever direction you want to go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's huge. And, and one of the things that I like about all three of those, um, you know, uh, disciplines, uh, sales, marketing, and and, uh, and communication, is that each one of them, if you're going to be successful, at least this is my take, is, is, you know, you have to kind of flex that muscle of empathy and be truly good at it. Um, because if you can't empathize with the audience that you're trying to connect with and resonate with, well, you're going to be swimming upstream and you're going to be truly kind of selling and, and maybe, you know, selling um, 
characterized by those, you know, those, those salespeople that you're not so uh, fond of. Right. Yep. Um, but if you can empathize and actually put yourself in that position, I mean, and, and, and then I think you're not selling anymore. You're, you're conveying, you're articulating, you are offering value yep. and, what a life skill that is all on its own translates wherever you go, whatever you do. Right. And, and, you know, I learned very quickly, you know, I, I was, to be honest, at the beginning, I was, I was terrible. I was really bad at, it, but I had some mentors that helped and coached me along the way and they took me under their wing. And one of the best ones I remember, um, guy out, out in Vancouver, when I came out here, his, his name is Gary, Gary Patillion. And he was the best salesperson I ever met. And he talked he never said a thing. He really never did. He just listened and he just understood. And and then he pointed and he laughed and he chuckled and he emphasized, you know, he had empathy with the people he was working with. And he was also the master. He was the best person I've ever met that we would come into Gary's office, our team that was calling on the, on the over, on the overweighty food group, the save on foods group out, out in Vancouver. We'd come into there and we'd have a team meeting and then we'd all sit there and go, okay, you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. And everybody would get all jazzed up about what the, the, the project that we're working on and all that kind of stuff. And then I'd walk away and everybody walk away and we'd all say, okay, you're clear. You're clear. You're clear. What's Gary doing? Oh, Gary's not doing anything. <laughs> Gary is Gary is leading the team in order, and he wasn't even the de facto quote unquote manager or supervisor, but he was the one that had the most advice. But he was the guy that was just kind of listening, but he was just pointing people in the right direction, right? And I often call that I call that skill set the um, Tom Sawyer paint the fence skill set. If you're ever familiar with yeah. Tom Sawyer, he's out there painting the fence and then everybody that comes by slowly, everybody's painting the fence, but Tom <laughs> Sawyer is no longer painting the fence anymore. Right. So, yeah. so another skill set on top of that after is, you know, the, the sales, the communication and marketing. And then after that is umbrella that with leadership and you're really un, unstoppable, undeniable at that point. Yeah. Well, and you just touched on another question I, that I had for you. Um, and the reason why this was coming to mind is just because it it um, it became a pattern really early on for me, and that is um, is mentorship. And so I I stumbled upon this like when I was learning contracting. It was in high school. I was doing it part time weekends, March break, whatever. But I I got in with a crew of, of really good people, like you know, um, good, fast, cheap. They were good and fast, but they weren't cheap, and and so. Good and fast, man. You can learn so much from that, and and I stumbled into it, but but I also then stumbled into my learning style, which is experientially, I learn probably faster than most and through a book. I can do it, but not as fast as some others. And so, by getting those mentors and being around them and working with them, sounds like maybe a similar experience. But that's a question more than anything. Like, yeah. Is that something that you found, and then did you consciously repeat that over time? Yeah, one hundred percent. And 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 I'll just say that's probably why you're a good coach, Chris, is because you're coachable, right? And that's one of the first things I, in any relationship I have with anybody, I'm starting to to help coach. I have to first determine they're coachable because that's step number one. If you're not coachable, it doesn't matter how good the coach is; it just it, it's just going to fall on deaf ears. Now. Uh, you're not going to have all the answers, right? Always, but you have to be at least willing to put in the time and effort and the work. And and if I look back at my career on um, within, you know, my corporate career, within high school, within my real estate, it is 100% predicated upon the coaches and mentors and shoulders of giants that I have stood upon. I honestly... 
I often joke that I haven't really learned nothing. All I've done is stood on the shoulders of giants and I've just shot the puck a little bit more than, than some others. But um, I've just been blessed with so many people, you know, in my life since, you know, the turn of the century, you know, since 2000 when I jumped into this real estate game that I've just been blessed to to have coaches and mentors to help support, help guide, put the proverbial arm on shoulder, help walk you down the path, help take that next step. And and they're they're invaluable. They truly are. And um mm. and some of the people I still connect with on a daily not daily on a monthly basis and things like that because they were that impactful on the journey. And then the beautiful thing is I'll give you an example, a real life example. So I had somebody once I was when I first started buying real estate, I had um you know, I didn't have capital, so I had to learn the process of 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 buying properties without using my own money. So mm-hmm. I learned that concept from a guy out in Edmonton named Arlen Dolan. And Arlen was just one of the best of the best at doing joint ventures. And I sat down with him and I had a conversation with him and he was just straight to the point, no BS kind of a guy. And, and I just really kind of resonated with that. And he just told it like it is, shot from the hip. He was just great. And I learned from that. And I was a sponge and everybody, I tried to be respectful of learn from, learn, 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 learn. And then what I'd started doing is I'd started compiling all that information when I was doing it, taking action, massive action. And then I started Mm -hmm. sharing it with others. And then lo and behold, from there, I created a home study program. I I read a book, I wrote a book. I've created a whole bunch of, uh, you know, podcasts around it, all these kind of things like that. And that interaction I had with Arlen way back then impacted my life but then also I've paid it forward by writing books and training and coaching and supporting others that it has impacted tens of thousands of people's lives since then so you just never know on that ripple of when the pebble goes in and all the ripples go out how many more lives you can touch by just having some of those conversations yeah and that's that's amazing right like just the the um, you know that ripple effect that you're talking about, but especially in the footprint that you've been able to do it in with books, uh, your podcast. I mean, those ripples are broader. And one of the phenomenal things, like upstream from there, um, is just like I know I've had mentors sometimes informally that I that I was inspired by. I studied, and they might not have even realized it, right? But but they made a huge, lasting impact, like forever, on me. I can only imagine with your podcast and the books, just how much more pervasive that effect is, right? Like yep. people being so positively impacted. But but uh, but but still to be kind of that feedback loop still to be kind of closed and you do to to kind of realize that it's happening, but but probably more than you realize. I yeah, and, and I'll just um, I'll, I'll go, you know, the theme of your show is d- go deeper. So I'm going to go a little deeper for your audience here is um, most people when they first sit there and they maybe the somebody is listening right now and they're going, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm, you know, I, I break it down into lack of time, lack of education, lack of attitude, lack of money, lack of team, the five, the five things that will stop people. Most people on the surface will be sitting there going, well, I lack something and I just do that. So I'm going to hire a coach. And so they come to me and most people will come to me and they say, you know what, I need some help raising capital or I need some help transacting property or a coach or guide me and stuff like that. That's how they come in. Then, uh, during the process we work together, I, I would 100% help them and I'll help them transact and I'll help them bust through that obstacle. But within a short period of time, I will transition them into working on them as people to become 
people that can accomplish anything. So they come in with specific transaction advice and they leave being a person with uh, greater resources, a person of greater depth. They leave having a greater self-awareness of themselves and they be- leave being becoming a person that can accomplish any goal, not just transacting their next property. So that's, that is how powerful a good coaching relationship can do. Because I honestly think anybody... I shouldn't say that. That's a a far stretch. Is many people, you can find many people out there to help you transact a property. Like, like seriously, just find somebody with, you know, seven, 10 years experience that has bought 40, 50 properties and they can easily help you transact. Um, Mm -hmm. I can easily do that myself. But that's not why you would hire me. What you want to hire me for is you want deeper. You want more meaningful. You want more impact. You want to become a person that can accomplish anything. And at the end of it, you want to become a person that can pay it forward to others. Like that's that's one of my core intentions uh, when I'm working with a coaching client. Now, I don't ever share that with people at the beginning because it scare, it would scare somebody off. Like they would sit there and go, oh my goodness, you, you want me to change? Or what? No, all I want yeah, to do is learn how to raise $100,000 for my next transaction. I said, well, I can help you with that. But pay attention to who you become in the process of doing that. And it's more important to me that you become a person of value, integrity, a person that can be trustworthy, a person that can be resourceful, not just have the resources. Yeah, yeah. No, it's huge. It reminds me of as you're talking about that, right? Um, of of Covey and the and the Seven Habits, and just you know, kind of, and and that was released released a while ago. But even then, he was saying we're getting into this fluffy kind of pulp pop culture, you know, tricks of. But no, get down to values and principles, and it, it's exactly what you're saying, right? Like. Yep. If you can instill those values and principles, and, and we all have blind spots, right? That's why coaching with, with somebody like you is, is so valuable. One, you're bringing your experience. And two, it's an external experience that can see those blind spots that much easier. Yeah. Um, but man, that that pays itself ex- off exponentially once you put in those values and principles Yep. Well, that's that's one of the reasons why we get into real estate. Like, don't get me wrong. I love real estate and I'm, the majority of my, oh, I should say not all my properties I still love, but the majority of them I love and <laughs> I love the, but it's a vehicle, right? It's a vehicle to help you become uh, a different person. It's to help you to fulfill upon a core intention. And a lot of the work that I do with people is to get people very aligned from top to bottom. Like we, we do work on your vision board. We do work on your core values. We do work on core intentions. We do work on your 12-month goals. We do work on 90-day deliverables. We do work right down to what are the five things you're doing today to help you move forward. And those things from what you're doing today to your vision board need to be in alignment with each other because then that's where you will actually um, take more action that's when when it's and i use the analogy it's like it's mid-february and it's in canada and it's minus 400 degrees out and you haven't had a day off in six weeks and and the, the sun's going down still at about 5 30 at night <laughs> and 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 you're you're feeling maybe a little under the weather you got a little sniffle and you're going holy moly i don't feel like doing anything well you better have a very strong compelling why and you better be in in, in intention because those things that you need to do today on your get done list are in direct alignment to your becoming James Bond on your vision board, right? Just as an example, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's both, right? It keeps you focused when 
when you're having those days where momentum is not as natural as it is on other days. And then it's it's also such a good kind of um, decision making and filtering criteria to say if it's if it's not in line with where I'm trying to get to in one, three, five years, yep. well, why am I doing it? Right. Yep. Like just just get it out of here. And so that's uh, it's, it's so huge. Yeah. Um, just like you said. Alignment is a great, great word for that. Yeah, I, I often, what I often do is tell people it's kind of like the lenses that you look through life with, and and you hit the head, the nail on the head with a decision making criteria. Is and I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Like I, I will walk through everybody, and I will help people get their core intentions right down to a core intention of life of how you would measure every single day on Earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I remember when I was doing that work with one of my coaches back in the day, we eventually came down to inspire, encourage, and come from a place of love, which is my core intention in life, to inspire somebody, to encourage somebody, and come from love. And I remember I had to make some really tough decisions on my real estate portfolio. And I was talking with my coach at that time, and I was just, I was having a hard time making the decision. Like some of them were going to be upside, were upside down. Some of them, the mortgage balances were more than property value. I was going to lose some money. I was going to have a big giant hit to the ego. I was going to have to have a really hard conversation. And so my coach at the time said, okay, we've done this work, Russ, you know, inspire, encourage, and come from love. Let's look at your portfolio line by line. Okay, this first place, tell me about it. Oh, blah, 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 this property on 45th Avenue. Love it, just love it. It's my, one of my first places that attracts great tenants. I never, ever, you know, have to deal with it. Okay, it's on the list. This next place, oh, man, now, don't hold me accountable for what I'm about to say is, man, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably worth more if it burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. well, vacant, well, vacant, obviously. <laughs> yes, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, so then my coach goes, okay, well, that's, uh, that's got to, you got to sell it. And I go, well, I can't sell it. It's going to take a huge giant loss and I'm going to have to write a check and stuff like that. He goes, Russ, if you are truly living in intention and living in alignment with your core values, your assets that you buy cannot be out of alignment with your core values. So some painful decisions had to be made along that time. And now I, I, I didn't do them right away in some cases. And I, I, I was chicken to have the conversations and I didn't do it perfectly, but at least it was, it was a decision making criteria and a filter to help me move forward that I'm just total alignment from top to bottom. Yeah, no, that's huge. What you just covered there. That's, that's very, very, um, very poignant, very, very huge. Um, and, and it's, it's really, you know, putting things into action. It's not just kind of wall poster stuff. It's like, okay, now, now we're going to kind of, you know, follow up and start to put it into motion, just like we said we would. Right. Um, that's, that's massive. Um, so geez. So now, you know, take me back if you would, we're in your corporate, you've got, you know, sales, marketing, communication as those kind of, you know, anchor points in your corporate time. What was the uh, what was the inspiration to get into real estate? Oh well, you know the the, the short version of that was um, I had one of those uh, birthday moments, uh, one of those birthdays that had that was ending in a in a zero at the end, <laughs> and I was just turning thirty at the time, and it was right around the year two thousand. And I sat there and I go, you know, I was having a, a crisis, you know, uh, you know, everyone's going to a crisis at thirty. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes when you have those those big birthdays that end in zero you just and you're not maybe doing the right thing you just don't know what so I'm sitting there and I'm going so at 30 years old where does any young man in the early 2000s turn for spiritual guidance you you turn to Oprah 
obviously. And I, I, I saw an interview with Robert Kiyosaki on, on Oprah. And Robert mm. Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was talking about passive income, was talking about building businesses, investing in assets. And at that time, I was, you know, driving the fast car, fancy convertible car. So transit, turned that into a Ford Focus, started cutting back on some costs. And then I, I started buying real estate at that time. And and the the, the answer was I, I found somebody in Canada that was branding themselves as the, the Canadian Rich Dad. I went to one of their conferences, and that's where I met another one of my mentors, uh, Don Campbell. And I saw Don present, and, and, and he presented on the top places to invest your money for the next 15 years based upon you know, economic fundamentals, and, and it was a report on Alberta. And I said, you know what? Sounds good. I was actually going to Edmonton the next week, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to try real estate, even though I was a basement sweet renter that grew up in a mobile home park and had only lived in one house in my life. I had never owned a piece of real estate when I met Don Campbell. And then I went to Edmonton and within a month after that, I had I'd bought my first property. And uh, wow. there's a whole bunch of stories in, in and of itself with that as well. But, but found something, sunk my teeth into it, resonated, took lots of, lots of action, made every mistake in the book, uh, vowed to never make the same mistake again, still made the same mistake over and over again all the time. But you know, I just kept, I just kept moving forward. I just, just kept plowing ahead. And, um, you know, and I, I share quite often is, um, there was a five-year stretch that I bought a, a property a month for five years. And mm. now I know it sounds wonderful and, you know, pat me on the back with the right hand, pat me on the back with left hand, aren't I great, right? But it was one of the stupidest things I could have done. I'd bought bad properties in bad areas that had bad tenant profiles. And um, I bought them based upon pro formas and pseudo cash flow numbers. And and some of them were just horrible, were just bad properties. So I learned yeah. a lot of lessons. I, I, I subscribe to learning from doing as opposed to learning from reading, learning from theorizing, learning from thinking about it. Let's just, you know, pardon the, the pun over here with my little sign here. Let's just shoot the puck and see where it goes. Right, right, right. Well, God, uh, there's so much in in that, right? Like the uh, property a month uh, for five years, um, man, that is a steep learning curve. Um, and and in there, like you said, you learn the, uh, the how Excel can be... Um, uh, can can almost um, mess with us and and uh, can be a little seductive in its in what you can do with Excel, right? Any property can look good in Excel if you're optimistic enough about yep. what you're doing with the numbers. Well, um, and at yeah. that time when we were doing a lot of these transactions in Alberta, um, the market went to Vegas and it was on a big giant bender, and the market was going up just skyrocket straight up. We were getting, on average. 400 plus dollars a month in cash flow per property and it was all wonderful and everybody was you know buying cars and investing in stuff and all that kind of stuff but then you know the market turned and uh, learned an awful lot of lessons during a down market or a flat market in many respects and that could be <laughs> could be our next podcast that you and I talk about all those <laughs> lessons but to, to go back is I know it sounds wonderful and and don't get me wrong I am 
very mindful. And when I'm coaching somebody, I want them to move forward. I want them to buy a property a month. I want them to buy five properties a month for five years. I want them to buy a hundred properties a month for five years. But what I do with them now is I'm just mindful about, are they supported on the back end with management, with financial stewardship, with bookkeeping, with their finances? Are they supported on the back end to be able to handle all this business? If they're just that one person operation and they got a hundred places, you know, between them and themselves and they're doing it themselves, it's, it's going to be set up for failure. And I'm just, I know that because I went through it and I'm strongly encourage people to move forward with velocity. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting brakes on it. But what I do is after every transaction, we do a circle back to, did this fit with the intention? Why did you buy it? Did this make sense? Is this going to be a long-term performer? How is it going to be managed? Do you have all the financial, do you have the bookkeeping, the accounting and all that in place? If the answer is yes, 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 yes. Okay. Now let's buy the next one. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I no, I didn't that. do that. When I was buying all those properties, I was just in acquisition mode. I was just, ego was going out of control. And it was just like, how many how many kills could I make, if you will, right? Which which was terrible, yeah. which was stupid, right? And, and and I know that now. And I'd have a few more follicles on the top of my head if I would have, <laughs> if I would have met me as a coach in my early 30s, I, I would have had a, a lot, things would be different. However, that's our journey. And I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, it helps you. I, I, I can only imagine just how profound, like, cause that experience, you don't forget that anytime soon, right? That gets absorbed into your physiology. You can almost like on a cellular, cellular level, you can almost feel it when somebody's hitting that inflection point where they can't scale anymore doing what they're doing. Right. Like what was for you, um, was there a couple of moments in there where you were acquiring and the systems were were kind of giving that feedback, right? Yeah. Hey, we're, these systems are not going to get you where you're trying to go with the speed you're going at. How, how was that process for you? Yeah, for, for me, the, the numbers didn't lie. Uh, and and then when the market took a turn, and, and many people are feeling this out in different markets across the country right now, and that's a totally different conversation about what the future holds. I'm, I'm cautiously optimi optimistic, and I'm... I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen in many markets, but I can, you know, there's some signs and things, and we can talk about that another day. But the moment to me was when the market turned, when the affordability was so out of whack that normal, everyday people could not afford to buy a home. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was one. The other is when you start seeing an outflow of people moving out, right? And then all of a sudden you start seeing the listings starting to grow. So if you see mm. people moving out, people can't afford to buy and listings starting to grow, that is a, t a time that you're probably past a peak in, a, in a many respects. And you're probably going to be in for, at best, you're going to be in for probably a flat for a while. Okay. Mm. Um, so, so, but I didn't do it at that time. I was still going gangbusters. And so, oh, it's going to go forever. It's gone up from, it's gone up. I bought it at 120. It's now at 270. It's going to 400, right? My ego was talking again and I doubled down and I bought like another 40 places at a peak when I shouldn't mm. have. Right. So, so I'm just mindful about timing again, a little bit. Now, a lot of people tell me is, you know, it's time in the market. It's not timing the market, which I 100% agree. It is 
if you are, you need to be long-term in the business to be able to really reap the rewards. But if you can't afford to hang on long-term, it doesn't matter how long you're in it. You actually will just go broke slower, if you will. And, and if I was, and here's the example I would say to anybody, you know, I'm going to date this a little bit. So anybody out in Ontario, uh, would you have rather bought a property a year ago in say early 2022 or in early 2023, the exact same property, right? right. And we're talking 12 months. Which one would yeah. you probably want to rather buy? I would say 100% of the people, if you're paying attention to the market, would say, I'd want to buy the place in 2023 because I'd probably be getting it for $250,000 discount or, or whatever yeah. the numbers would be. So, so timing does matter. It really does. Now, I'm here to tell you is you're never going to get it perfect, but you can get it pretty darn close on both ends, right? And I started advising my clients in February of 2021 to start pulling out, divesting of Vancouver, tr lower mainland properties, Toronto properties, start paying attention. Now, I was off. I was, I was off by almost a year. But the people that started doing that divesting and then they moved into another market that was just starting its growth curve up have been smiling over the last couple of years too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's like, that's right at the heart of of adapting right is is not just pushing forward like there's so this is the i think you know at times can be the gift and the curse of entrepreneurs right is tenacity and drive and it's like okay but but you got to remember that there's times to be elastic and and not stop necessarily yep. maybe but keep moving forward but and like just like you said pick a different market yep. where where the you know it's it's entering into a cycle that's going to keep working for you yep. um or at the very least, make sure that you're going to be able to hold, right? Because, you know, time in the market is our friend, but you better make sure it's going to cash flow and you stress test it in a realistic way. Yep, yep. 100% uh, yeah. uh, agree. Um, one, one, and then one of the big mistakes I made during that time <clears throat> is, you know, markets shift. Markets do flatten out. Markets do go down. They're living and breathing entities. Um, during the time of what I would call market challenges is when... I, I actually backed away from what made me successful all those years was leaning into the coaches and asking for advice, asking for help during that time. So when it got the challenging the most is when I needed the coaching and mentoring the most, but I actually did the opposite as I backed away from it. And I, um, and I, I'm just being very reflective on this and self-aware of this is that, um, it, my confidence took a huge hit, like huge. Like, and then I started going back. I started playing small. I just didn't want to go push it forward again because holy crap, I, I, I blew it, right? I just, you know, I, I didn't do, I, I, I made a mistake here and this is the wrong property in the wrong area. And when I needed the coaching the most is when I backed away from it. So, mm -hmm. so the advice I'd give to many people right now, if you're feeling stuck and you're feeling like, you know, you're not sure what to do in your confidence. That's when you need your guidance. That's when you need the coaching. That's when you need to surround yourself with the people the most. Don't pack it in when it's the most difficult. That's when you need the people to flip the light switch on. That's when you need the guidance. That's when you need the mentors who have been through this the most. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting back here and you're just feeling playing small and you're stepping back I encourage you, as a matter of fact, I implore you to stop 
and move forward and engage again with the people in your circle. And you know what? Just say it like it is. If you screwed up and you stepped on the landmine and you made a mistake, if anybody worth their weight and, you know, anything worth their salt, weight and salt, what's that, what's it saying? Anyone, anyone who I, knows what, I know what you mean, but I don't know it either. <laughs> yeah, anyone who knows what they're talking about will actually embrace you, help you regroup you, but then don't, don't make any mistakes. You're going to have to take ownership to it. You still have to take ownership and you still have to move forward. You still have to fix and clean up the messes. Like, you know, a good coach isn't going to just get a big old pity party together with you. They're going to listen. They're going to understand. They're going to help you. They're going to clean up. They're going to help you regroup, but this ain't no pity party, right? This is a accountability. You need to take accountable action steps for what you need to do for the next one. And that's where a good guide can help you on that path as well. I sure hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we jump back to the conclusion, our strategic partners from Streetwise Mortgages are here with another important mortgaging tip. All right, take it away, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. And in the next set of episodes, starting with today's, I will share with you how to align financing with your chosen investment strategy. When it comes to mortgages for real estate investors, it is important to obtain the right mortgage product given your plan for the property. Today, I will go over financing for new construction properties. If you plan to invest in a new construction condo or a freehold and you're buying it directly from the builder, you typically wait for several years until that property is ready. Although you may get pre-approved through a mortgage broker or your bank at the time you sign the contract with the builder, that approval is not considered firm. Fast forward a few years later, if your income changes or for any reason you no longer qualify, that approval becomes null and void. To mitigate the risk of this happening, I invite clients to speak with the lender at the builder's site for their approval and to also ensure that the lender has waived all conditions so that this approval becomes firm. There are also a few lenders on the street that would do the same. This will give you the peace of mind that you got an actual approval lined up regardless of what happens between the time you sign the contract and the time of closing. Having a firm approval does not mean that the rate is locked though. You will have the option to lock the rate within 90 days leading to closing based on the prevailing interest rates at the time. Another consideration on a new construction property is that the property may be worth more at the time of closing compared to what you've purchased it for. Many investors want to tap into that equity. One thing to remember is that the lenders always lend based on the lower of the appraised value and the purchase price. So on a new construction, they will go by the purchase price even if the property appraises for more at the time of closing. You cannot turn around a day later and refinance the property to tap into that equity. But here is what you need to watch for and keep in mind to set yourself up so that you can access this equity at a later point. Firstly, I suggest that you take a variable rate mortgage going into the deal because in order to tap into this equity in less than a year, you often have to switch lenders. The lender who originally financed the deal for you would not consider an equity takeout so soon after. Often they want to see at least a year before tapping into that equity. Some lenders may make exceptions and allow it in six months, but to keep your options open, I recommend taking a variable rate so that 
you can switch lenders if you want to tap into that equity sooner. If you recently closed on a new construction property that was valued at a higher amount than what you purchased it for, and you're looking to explore your options to tap into that equity effectively, contact our team at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. Oh, that's huge. Like, especially because it's human nature, right? Like we, we, we get kind of knocked back a little bit and, and then it's, you know, it's almost like retreating just to kind of lick our wounds a little bit and regroup. And it's like, but I think what you said is, uh, is, is so important. Um, don't, don't let that kind of knee jerk reaction be your compass and, and guide you. Nope. Um, you know, lean right back into the coaches. It'll, uh, it, it accelerates a person in those times, just like it will in any other, right? Yeah. Embarrassment and shame are so powerful. Like, and, and mm-hmm. the reason why I can say that is because I, I, I felt that like, honestly, I just self went back and self-reflected upon that. Look, I, I'm, I take action. I'm a coach. I'm the guy on stage. I I tell people to shoot the puck. I know all the answers. People come to me for answers. And I'm sitting there going, well, geez, I, I, I screwed up. And I was so embarrassed. And I, I felt that shame cycle. And um, not until I had a, a really good conversation with a good friend of mine out in Ottawa and, and, and Rich, Rich Danby, um, mm-hmm. hope you're listening, Rich, is he he shared with me, he goes, you know, sometimes you need to, to to forgive yourself here, Russ. Like you're beating the crap out of yourself. You're beating yourself up so badly here. What if what if your best friend, what if, and Rich goes, what if I came to you and I told you what you just told me? What if I did that? Would right. you beat the crap out of me? And I go, well, <laughs> no, I would actually help you. And guy, well, why don't you show that grace to yourself? And until I started to have those conversations with myself and I had to forgive myself that I did make a mistake and I did step on the wrong landmines and I did do this and I'm, I'm not, I'm, per, I'm not perfect. Right. And we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're flawed human beings. But the, the, the question is how bad do you want it? Do you still want it? Do you still want to keep doing? What is your willingness, even though getting knocked down, do you have a willingness to keep going forward, right? You know what you want to accomplish. You know the goals. You know the the people you want to help. You know what you want to serve. You know that. But are you willing to do all the work? This is just a necessary step of the process is to be knocked down and be the do the willingness to do the work, to clean it up and move forward. That's just part of the process. And if you have not been, I'm sorry if this sounds negative, gang, but if you have not been knocked down and suffered a few defeats in the process, it's coming. I'm sorry to tell you there is some things coming now. How you handle that will dictate more than how you handle all the successes in real estate. How you handle those defeats, how you handle the shame, how you handle the embarrassment, how you handle the landmines you step on will speak more in louder volumes than how you handle the million dollar wins and all that, all that wonderful stuff. So lean into it, embrace it, um, and get guidance and and support to help you along the way. Well, and for what it's worth, um, I've I've long, um, for a long time, I've observed that that you can almost um, like energetically, you can almost feel it when you're around people that have um, that have been there and back, kind of thing, and and learn those lessons of growth, but also humility. Um, and so, I'm not surprised that you're good friends with Rich. I think both you guys uh, emanate that energy that 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 is both those things: the growth and the humility. Because growth without humility, uh, you know, is is arguably 
uh, teeing itself up for what you described, right? There's going to be a setback there. Yep. Um, and we kind of need to be reminded of that to truly grow. And, and both you guys, uh, you know, project that in, in what you do and how you do it. So uh, yeah, kudos for that. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm you know, hum- humility is something <clears throat> that's tough to learn. Um, and I look at it a little bit different for humility. A lot of people just say, you know, oh, shucks. And they, they, they diminish their stuff and they play small and they get in the thing. And they're, you know, I, I think humility to me is just that you're, you're willing to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. And, and I'm willing to learn. So that's being human humility. However, I'm extremely confident. I'm extremely, you know, uh, and what I'm doing is I'm out there really pushing forward with a lot of confidence and certainty with what I'm doing. But at the same time, I'm I'm willing to know that I don't have all the answers, and I will listen, and I will open up, uh, you know, both of these ears to hear more people. And and that's one of the mistakes I see a lot of. And the reason why I say this when I say a lot of people is the mistake I made is I had early success and I knew everything, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, two, three years in the process, I've bought all this property. People are coming to me. People are listening to me. I'm buying properties. I have double digit or multiple doors and all this kind of stuff. Obviously, I know everything, right? Now, but I'm only three years in the business, right? And then I start telling and pontificating to everybody about how much I know and stuff like that. I actually shut down my willingness to hear from others, to learn from others, to hear from those people that are more experienced and seek out those people with 20 and 30 years experience. So I made that mistake. And gang, if you're out there right now and you're three years in the business and you're doing some wonderful things, congratulations, keep going, work it, work it hard. I'm in your corner pushing you on. But at the same time, never, ever stop forgetting about the learning. Never, ever know that you know everything. Don't get into that professor syndrome mentality that I'm the greatest thing. Everybody just bow to me. I'm the greatest, right? I know everything. Keep be willing. Keep be learning. You know, maybe park the coaching and the teaching of others until you've actually maybe put 20 years in the business, right? I, I, I'm 20 plus years in this and I seek people with 30 and 40 years experience because I want to learn more. I want to learn from those people, right? So if you're still fairly new in the process and you've had wonderful success, honor it, congratulate yourself, but don't forget what got you there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, is, um, is this what you're saying around humility? Is humility is um, more centered around self-awareness than it is being self-deprecating yes. or yeah yeah good, yeah, good way right. to put it absolutely it, it's the more and maybe it's just as as years go by you start having more self-reflective time on mm-hmm. on what happens and just having those good people around you that have been down that path before you and you just you get there's there's two type of awareness i believe there's there's situational awareness and then there's self-awareness and and there's they're similar, but a situational awareness is a little bit more short term. What do I have to do today in order to get this done? Right. Self-awareness is, is are what you doing on the situation by situation leading up to what your core values, intention, goals, and vision is like, that's kind of the two one. One's a little shorter term. One's a longer term. Look. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, well, very good. Um, and so if somebody were, you know, to um, look at getting started today, or let's say, like you said, they're two, three years in there, um, what would you kind of, um, and I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what would be those um, those kind of fundamental principles or, 
you know, how, where would their, I guess, where would their head be at in terms of getting started? And, you know, what are some of those fundamental building blocks that you would kind of recommend? So are we talking somebody who's just like completely brand new, maybe just heard heard this podcast and go, yeah, maybe real estate's for me. Is that maybe the person we're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so here's what I would encourage somebody to do. Number one would be, for example, and I don't know for a fact, but you probably have some kind of consultation, Chris, where if somebody's listening to something, you will probably open up a half an hour to 45 minutes of your calendar. By all means, make an appointment with Chris. He is trying to support and guide this community. Um, he has a, a, a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. Talk to them. Don't be afraid to. Like, I, I often find that people sit there and they go, oh, I, I felt so intimidated to try to ask you for this question. I go, please, I, I, I'm honored. I like, I, if somebody is willing to give me a little bit of information, meaning what you want to accomplish, your goals, what you've done in real estate, just, uh, you know, what's your biggest obstacle, just give me a little bit of information so I can prepare. And you're willing to invest in yourself to learn more, I'll have all the time in the world to help you out, right? So that would be the first thing is maybe book a time with Chris. If you feel that you're not ready for that, um, I would strongly encourage, here's, here's, here's a couple steps. Number one is pick up Real Estate Investing in Canada by Don R. Campbell, one of the best books around. Like it's, it's 37 bucks, read the book. Like read it from t- from front to back, fully understand if you're gonna be, if you're committed to real estate or not. Are you just interested or are you committed? Big difference. Okay. So you've read that book. Okay. Next after that is go see a qualified mortgage broker. Go find out where you stand financially. Are you able to qualify for financing? Yes or no. Do you have down payment capital? Yes or no. Before you even decide where you're going to do it, you know, are you able to qualify? And it's okay if you, you aren't because there are alternative solutions. There are just different strategies, but at least know where you stand. So read the book, find out where you stand on, a, on that. And then number three is I would encourage you is if you're maybe lacking some capital or, or one of the biggest obstacles, grab my, my joint venture book and pick those up. So there's three simple, simple steps for you to take there. And by all means, book a time with Chris. He'll, he'll, he'll help steer the ship in the right direction here for you as well. Well, thank you, uh, thank yeah. you for that, and 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 agreed on those three uh, three steps. All three of those uh, absolutely fundamental in terms of making informed decisions, right? Yep. Um, just just huge. So you know we're kind of working chronologically from uh, from the beginning right up to now. What what are your main focuses today? I know a few of them, but there's probably some that I that I might not know about. Um, what are you spending your most of your time at these well, days? Well, um, it's it's funny. It's like what hat am I wearing today? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, first and foremost, first and foremost, I'm a real estate investor. That's what I do. I, I I love being a real estate investor. Now, don't get me wrong. Over 20 plus years, I've fallen in and out of love with the game of real estate investing a few times. There's been many times I had to fall back in love again with it. Um, in my target market of where I'm investing, um, the opportunities and the fundamentals are lining up so nicely right now that there's an incredible opportunity that I just can't pass up. I really can't. When I'm looking at some of the numbers and some of the opportunities and some of the fundamentals of, of affordability, population, people, people moving in, jobs, if I'm finding all those kind of things, I just can't pass it up. So I'm doubling down and I'm building out a portfolio, another portfolio of real estate. And my model is a little bit different as I'm actually doing some infills right now. Buy property, large lot, very favorable zoning, 
one house, rent out that house while I'm doing all my design and blueprints and surveys and all that kind of stuff, rent it out, cover my costs, and then potentially knock down one house and build six units on it. And you'd be shocked. I'm shocked at the numbers on, on some of those kind of things. Now, it's a little riskier and it takes a little timer and you need a little more time and you need a little bit more capital. But at the end of it, if you can get a, where there was one property before, now you have six units on it and you build it at essentially wholesale costs at the builder costs and maybe with a little bit of margin and you now have six units on it so your your rents are significantly higher and uh, it's just beautiful cash flow at that time as well so that's what i'm doing on the real estate side of things now to answer your question on the other hat i wear is um i'm continually paying forward everything I'm learning, everything I've learned, all the mistakes I've made, all the landmines I've stepped on, all the shoulders of giants that I've stood on. I'm paying that forward through my YouTube channel, through my podcast, by going on wonderful podcast episodes like this. And I'm just here as if I've been blessed for 20 years of it being this game and it's my obligation and my duty to help the next generation of real estate investors going forward. I envision meeting me at 30 way back in the day and, and you know, I'm going to put my arm around that. So if you're brand and if you're fairly new in this game of real estate investing, you know, follow, follow my, my channels and follow along, follow Chris as well. He has some wonderful guests on his podcast as well, but there are, it, there are wonderful people out there that are just willing to guide, willing to serve and, um, you know, all they ask in return in many respects is honestly, it's as simple as just listen and do something with it. That's, that's really all, all I ever, ask. I, from time to time, I'll ask for a review or something maybe, but, but for time to time, I, all I did is to say is if something resonated with you, share it with somebody else and, but more importantly, do something with it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, geez, I mean, you've you've been around this block um, and have a ton of experience, um, and and yeah, like you've literally written not just the book, but but uh, been involved in several books, um, and and really really popular ones as well. So, I mean, if you're saying that there's opportunity. Uh, with these infill projects in the markets that you're in, I would encourage anybody and everybody listening to uh, to get in touch with you and and uh, and to check out that opportunity. Um, well, it's it's funny. I'm I'm and I just bring it back to, I am building a potential six unit place side by side duplexes with suites and garage suites with two on the back. So six rental units. I'm building that for less than one house where I live. Really? Yeah. So I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, better part of 11 to 12 grand in rental out of that for less than one house in the neighborhood that I'm in out here. Jeez, huh? Right. Yeah. And, and we're I talking mean, about a city with a million three population, seven minutes from downtown core. That's where, wow. where it's happening. Right. So the numbers are just, like I said, you know, for all you maybe hunters and fisher people out there, the Department of Natural Resources just dumped a whole bunch of new fish in the pond and the fishing's good, right? Yeah. I mean, six, seven in, uh, in gross rents. Yeah. Geez, for, for that build cost, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, so yeah, for those looking to learn more about uh, about those very compelling numbers you just conveyed, and and more from the content that you're putting out there. I mean, I love that second leg of your business that you just described. Um, that kind of paying it forward, giving back aspect of it. Um, obviously, if you Google you, you're going to get about 45 pages of results. But is there is there one um, kind of place you prefer people reach out if they want to get in touch? Yeah, the, the simplest is kind of the home home base is just russellwescott.com. And all my YouTube channel, my podcast is the Russell Westcott podcast. Now, it's going to be hard to really sell this business unless I put myself into slavery, if you will, down the road. But uh, I would just encourage if you just Google my name, um, my website is kind of the central place. But all channels will revolve around that. And if you like video, watch the YouTube channel. If you like audio, go to the podcast. That'd be the best way I could describe it. Well, Russell, you mentioned a couple of times along the way here that there's probably another one or two podcasts. uh, And I would love to set that up with you. Talk about the market, what's coming up. Um, So delve into some of these strategies a little bit more. Um, But what a, what a ton of, um, value uh really appreciate you taking the time and 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 putting the energy into giving that value today um just huge thank you very much oh i'm honored honored to serve and just you know just thank you for for doing this chris we need we need more people like you and we need more you know everybody's got all the podcast market and real estate market it's all so saturated yeah i on my opinion i i don't think we can get enough honest to goodness right there there there's two ways you can put build the biggest building in town right you can actually go ahead and build the biggest building and do the work and take the time to do it, or you could tear each other down. Why would we want to tear each other down? Why don't we just help and build and, and help people? Because goodness sakes, there's enough people out there making landlords and entrepreneurs and real estate investors. They're making them villains out there in the marketplace out there right now. Just go on Twitter for five minutes a day and you'll just see <laughs> that that we're, we're like villains. And I'm just going, I go, what whatever happened to you know, these real estate investors that are trying to take one property, turn it into six and get affordable housing for people. And whatever happened to celebrating those, whatever happened to helping the entrepreneurial spirit. So we need, we need more of us helping each other on the path, not more of us tearing each other down. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lack of supply, right? And so creating newly renovated functional affordable living spaces. I mean, yeah, it's, it's an odd phenomenon that's happening where that's uh, that process uh, as much as it's in need is almost villainized. Uh, It's kind of a little bit strange, Um, but agreed. I mean, no matter how you slice it, um, you know, you know, you said it well, there's, you can go at it one of two ways. And so why not, uh, why not strengthen each other, lift each other up? Um, Now I don't don't mistake me. Uh, There's a complete difference between a value add long-term investor versus a run-and-gun speculator that's just trying to, you know, capitalize on a short-term market trend and flip condos and all that kind of stuff. There's Those, in my opinion, aren't even investors. Those are speculators. We're talking about value-add long-term investors that contribute to the, to the local economies. Yeah, 100%. Well, very good. Um, again, thank you very much. And uh, I would say when we wrap up here, let's let's start booking our next one. <laughs> right on. I look forward to it, my friend. All right. Awesome. Thank you. So what did you think of today's episode? Did you, you know, maybe hear a story that you hadn't heard? Or maybe you heard the same story 10 times and you're going, Ross, I'm sick and tired of all your bloody stories. No. 
you would never say that. I know anyone listening to my podcast would never say that. But sometimes you just tell the story a little bit different. You maybe go down a little different of a, a context. You go down different intention. And I change and I've gone through lots of changes and I tell the story differently. It's the more I learn, the more awareness I have, the more situational awareness, the more learnings I have, the more work I do with people I learn myself. And that's one of the key things that we talked about in this podcast episode. So gang, I hope you got a lot out of it. Most important about just listening and getting something out of it, be motivated to do something with it because just listening passively and you know just putting a check mark oh listen to another one right and at the end of the year is oh listen to 500 podcast episodes and you haven't done a blessed thing you know you got to do something you actually got to shoot the puck gang right you got to get out there and just shoot the puck take the action you know make a challenging decision make a mistake fall flat in your face pick it up clean it up take ownership responsibility and move forward Okay, gang, um, one of the things I wanted to offer to you if you're if you're interested in taking the next step for you, um, I do have some capacity, and I, as of me recording this, I do have capacity to take on one or two more coaching clients. So if you are interested in, and maybe you've listened to this or you heard it, and you are interested in you, maybe what I said really resonated with you and really liked what I had to say about my coaching style, about how I can help you. I'm I'm all about solution problems. I'm all about adding value. I'm all about helping you move forward with velocity for what's right for you, mindfully, ethically, legally, doing it the right way, but helping you move forward. So long-winded way of saying, if you're interested in having a conversation about if coaching is right for you, I have some capacity. So wherever you're listening to this in some of the show notes below, there will be probably a link for a consultation. If they don't find one there, if you just go over to my website at russellwescott.com, the biggest button on the top right-hand corner is a consultation button. Hit that up, fill in a little bit of information, and I'd love to help you move forward with what's next for you. Okay, gang, hope that all makes sense. You're going to just love, I'm glad you loved this episode. Here's, I'm I'm recording this first before you actually hear it. So that's kind of not true, is it? But you know what? I had a blast doing it. I really did. I really connected with Chris. He he was a wonderful facilitator and he did a marvelous job of leading a conversation. Okay, gang, and remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.